You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. Now, here is your host. Hello, friends. Welcome to Accidental Hope, a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert or a professional, but just a mom who wants to share life experiences in order to help someone else. This is part two of my discussion with Lavinia Masters. If you didn't listen to part one, go back and take a look at it. She shares her beautiful story, her difficult story of how she experienced sexual trauma. Um, And she is a survivor and advocate now. Not only is the work that she's doing helping tangible women within her community, the state of Texas, but now even nationally. Um, Lavinia had a law named after her. She fights tirelessly for those who do not have a voice, and everything in her story is incredible. In this episode, she talks to us about what motivates her and the people who have influenced her life. I hope you enjoy this discussion. At the end, she even shares a secret with us, and COVID happens. Obviously, this was recorded before we knew anything uh, was going to change, that the world was going to change. There was also uh, quite a bit of a a storm happening when the recording happened, and I asked that you would just forgive the background noise. I tried to eliminate as much as possible, but the story is beautiful, so I hope you enjoy. But I have to stay focused on my faith and what I believe and I know mm-hmm. my calling. And uh, what God sends me my way. And he, and he never fails. So uh, yeah. I'm excited about that and his his, uh, his his faithfulness, you know. And that's the good part about it. He is faithful. But, uh, yeah, we, we got work to do. We can't stop. And I just pray he keep raising up more voices and more faithful people and that we keep doing what he called us to do until, until he comes back for us. Well, you know, your fight encourages me. Your your fight is different, even though I did experience, you know, some some traumas, but very, very different. But it's still the same thing. It's that power of a voice and beauty from ashes. And if we stay on the sideline, then the enemy wins in some ways, even if we had gone on. Um, but when we bring it to the surface, the enemy has no power. And you, yes. you, your example transcends to anybody else's fight, showing that my healing began when I, when I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to just make it plain and people yes. can judge me, but this is, this is who I am. This is yes. where I am. And if, yeah. I stand here and ask for forgiveness, even to a group of people who I didn't hurt, and share with them. Maybe it'll give them the encouragement to to change their life and and ask, you know, make that change in their life, whatever they're holding on to, whatever sin they're holding on to. Who knows how God will use all of this? All I love that it's the same thing. I just love how your focus isn't on one little thing you've got a big dream that god put in you and yeah. you're just going to keep that goal on him and and he's yeah. going to work out the details and you're leaving a legacy that way that's a beautiful thing speaking of legacy yeah. i want to ask you what women in your life you know yesterday was 
uh, International Women's Day. Yeah. Who in your life, because you have this big voice, that courage comes from roots within you. So who who has inspired you to have that courage? Well, I would say, like you said, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother and my and my mom were my, was my courage. My grandmother, I would say, I'm named after my grandmother. Her name was Bertha Lee. My mom, my grandmother first. Uh, my grandma, she was something else. She was a, she was a fireball. And I think Imagine I love that. <laughs> yeah, my grandma was something else. She was, uh, in her, I saw no fear. I saw absolutely no fear. And I remember watching her as a little girl. And she, uh, I heard the stories of her raising 11 kids by herself. And I always remember my uncles and, and aunts talking about how my granddad uh, left her one day on the side of the road with 11 kids uh, to be with another woman. And you would never think that uh, mm. when he abandoned her. And so basically my family dealt with abandonment issues. And that was kind of like a almost like a generational curse in our family, abandonment issues. But you would have never known that with my grandma. And I think that's where that strong, encouraging, empowerment fire came from. Because my grandma was something else. She took, she always had all the grandkids. Everybody went on all their grandkids. And she's like, she tried to keep us all together. And that family was important. And she was like, she wasn't afraid of nothing. She was mm. like, you could run up on her. You could, I mean, she loved the Lord. She was like, she was, I mean, even when she was sick and you didn't know she was sick, she wouldn't let you know she was sick. And I mean, she wasn't afraid of dogs or anything. And she would feed people and people would come to the, to the house and uh, strangers would run to the door. And it's like, she, she wouldn't show any fear. She would not let you know she was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I would just watch her and I would just admire, I would just admire her. And I remember combing her hair and greasing her scalp and, and it was like nothing. She just feared nothing. Mm. And, uh, I remember I got bit by, by the dog, Coco. And I screamed, I screamed, I screamed, I was so afraid. And she came around the corner and I was outside, Coco was on the porch. And it's like she didn't even think twice of what had me. She just came around the corner with a broom and she, and like, she didn't know what it was. But she heard my scream and she came around the corner and she and she hit the dog and he was at room like boom. <laughs> it was like it was so funny because I'm like she didn't know if it was a man or what, but whatever it was, she was in attack mode to, to get her baby, and uh, and she came fast out of nowhere. But that's how she was. She was just like and she made sure we were fed, but she was a strong. I mean, like teaching us about the Lord. It was like mm. she feared no death. She feared no evil. She spoke with authority. And that was just my grandmother. And then my mom, my mom was another one. My mom, she would never say much. But she, uh, she just, she just loved God. And mm. she just, she just prayed. Whatever storm she struggled as a single mother, my mom, with my grandmother died. And she would, but she would just praise God through, mm-hmm. through everything. 
And you would think she would be the saddest woman in the world. But she has so much. It's like she just showed joy. Mm. And, I mean, this lady would just praise God. Go to the house praising and gospel music praising and preaching, preaching on TV. And she just praised God and had us in church. She'd be praying in her room and talking to God. And and, and she did the same thing. She's like, my girl, she walked with her head up and she could talk with authority. And she was just. You know, and she feed, we'd be starving. I'm like, we ain't got no food. And you come home, my mama will pick somebody that put the whole family up the street. And she'd be there feeding them food out of our house. I'm like, uh, we hungry. <laughs> and, we, and, and she'll feed my dogs. But she'll feed the whole family like she'll feed my a meal for the day. And she said, and she teaches stuff like, you don't ever give people something that you don't want. And that's how I taught my son. You know, like, you don't give people in, like, if he gets stuff he throw away, and I said, you want that? And he's like, no. I said, here's something we get something. No, if you don't want it, you don't give it to anybody. You throw it in the trash. You know, that's all I want. You know, give people stuff you don't want, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, don't invite people uh, places that you don't plan on paying for it. You know, uh, don't, don't take people stuff. Uh, how she said, don't take people stuff. Uh, uh, if you, cause if you break it, I gotta pay for it. You know, so it's, it's just how they, it's how she raised us. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, about life, you know, considering like, others, just yeah, that consideration you know, of others, considering others, you know, and that's how my mom was, you know, and 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 I just admired. And you don't realize the stuff they were they were teaching you really until they, they were gone, and you realize what kind of what kind of parents you, you knew you had good parents, but it was like until they gone, it's like wow, I had some, I had the best, I had the best, and I would, I was just my mom, even when. When, when I was grown and I moved out with Mary and when stuff would bother me, I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to say anything. And sometimes she would just call me. She knew, it's like she knew her children. Mm-hmm. She would call me and she would, she would just call me sometimes and she would, if I didn't answer the phone, she would just call me and leave a prayer on my phone. Mm-hmm. Or she was, and she was, a, she was a, a local gospel recorder or, or she would sing this song on my phone and I'd just cry like a baby. Or sometimes I just call her and uh, and I say, "Hey, ma." And she say, "Hey," and then she just start talking. She just she just start talking to me. And then before I know, she had me cracking up like, "Oh, mama was funny." I get, mm-hmm. I, I think that's where I get that from. People laughing sometimes. They say, "Girl, you crazy." My mama would have me laughing. She just go from one thing to the next, just laughing. I said, "Mama, you are hilarious." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Challenge." And once she got me laughing, she said, "Challenge." We got this song by the bathroom. My son is in the bathroom. You know, this <laughs> is so I said, "Okay, mama, that's too much information." And that's just how she was, and she had the sweetest spirit. Mm. Yeah, you know, and never, never would hurt anybody. I never heard a curse anybody out. Mm. I mean, anything like that. Never used a curse word in her life. But when she meant business, she meant business. When she put her foot down, she put her foot down, and she had some heavy hands. She would knock <laughs> all the wind out of you. When I had, she had heavy hands. But that was, I mean, and they and my aunts, her sisters. Uh, she got one surviving sister and my aunt. They were, they were just, I mean, just the sweetest ladies in the world. Mm-hmm. And they really influenced me. They were yeah. empowering. And they, I mean, and I, I guess my, 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 they, they always spoke their minds and they meant what they said and they said what they meant. And it was so funny because my mom's older sister, my, we call her Aunt Granny. My son named her Aunt Granny. They told, she told me when, when I got married. She found a man. I was a member. She told me, she said, I need you to read. She said, Mark, I need you to read James. I said, James. 
She said, the top of the deck. I said, yeah. I said, I said, why? She said, because of the map. I said, my map. She said, yeah. She said, because it runs in our family. Because she knows, because she knows how we are. We will say what's on our mind. And I love it because they know how we, and that's how they are. My mama, my, my, all of my grandma, whatever is on our mind, we're going to speak it, we're going to speak our peace. And I love that about, about us. And I love how they taught me to be that way. And I just had to learn how to tone it down mm-hmm. uh, and use it for the ministry that God has given me where I can use my voice right. and speak, and, speak and, and be able to say the things I want to say and how to say it, uh, but say it in the proper way, you know, where I don't offend people, you know, and that's what I said the Lord give me the words to say and how to say it because I can I can definitely talk but it's just how to say it uh, what mm. I don't feel because I was I was the kind because I was the younger generation I was sometimes too direct and that's what my husband be like okay so you just hurt my feelings because at first I was like every time I said something I was hurting his feelings and I wasn't trying to I'm like I'm I'm sorry you know because he would say I'm brutally honest you know, because I like people to be brutally honest with me. I'm like, don't beat around the bush me. tell me what's on your mind. You right. know, and so, and, and I, I, I appreciate that. I love when people tell me the truth. I don't, you know, but some people can't handle that. But that's what I, those women I admired. And then my, outside of my family was Maya Angelou. Oh, mine too. Uh, yeah, I loved her. Uh, I loved her since a little girl uh, because she, uh, I did not know what the cage bird was, mm. but that was, I identified with, I didn't know what the cage bird was because I also went through childhood sexual abuse. But I didn't remember mm. uh, that until after my, uh, I, I went through the healing of my rape and then God started allowing those things to unlock and he healed me from all of that. But I remember the case for in the book because I always love poetry. Mm. And when I went for Maya Angelou, she just she just spoke. It was like if I could speak and be articulate and use my poetry, that was my that was the grandmother. That was the other grandmother was Maya mm-hmm. Angelou. And so I would hear her in my mind. It's so funny. I said if I could ever write a play or a book. She would be the other grandmother talking to me and speaking to me, and that's how mm. she was to me. And so I just love Maya Angelou because she had so much wisdom that she gave me, and I would have loved to have met her before she died. She was speaking and reading, and she was telling the story about your house, and that's what I heard her talking about. And she said something about what do people feel when they come into your house? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the her cookbook. Really, and she said, when they come to your house, uh, they feel welcome. Uh, she said, "How's your house presented?" And some, and it when she told that, that really inspired me. And so when she when she after I listened to that portion, I came home and I actually came in and I like threw a lot of stuff out and I like rearranged and stuff. And it like really blessed me how she told that story because I had to be mindful of some things that I had in my around and in my house. It's like, do do they know the Lord lives there in your? She basically said, do they know the Lord lives there in your house? You know, when they come in your house, will they, mm-hmm. they feel welcome? Will they feel the presence of the Lord when they walk into your house? And so I was like, man, and it just really blessed me 
you know, when I when I heard her on it. So that was just those are some of the women that I just that I just really admire admired her in my life. And I met a lot of and then Miss Randall, of course, she's my third grade teacher. Uh, I'll never forget her. She uh when my grandmother died, I met her, uh and she just I was so distraught. Uh we had to move we moved back to South Dallas area and she uh she came into my life and she's like the only teacher I remember mm. out of all my teachers in my in my life, Miss Randall was the only teacher because she literally embraced me. I was going to Paula Dunbar and my principal, Mr. Boyd. And I cried, I cried, 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 cried. The first, I want to say the whole first couple of weeks of school, because I did not want to go over to school. And uh, she embraced me, and she was such a beautiful young lady teacher. And uh, and she's the first teacher that recognized my talents as a student and how smart I was. And uh, And she knew something was different about me. And I hadn't, and I guess the abuse had happened so young that I hadn't remembered. And uh, she, but she, it's like she brought me out of my shell. She brought me out of my shell. Mm. And before you know it, I was in, I was in tag and they were trying to skip me to the next grade and all. And I was, you know, I was like, I was just flourishing and doing all kinds Mm. of stuff. And, and, um, and my penmanship, she couldn't believe my handwriting as a, a a third grade student and all of this, and she was like, you know, like I was a little genius, like what kind of kid is this, you know? And it was amazing. I never forget Miss Randall, and she was the sweetest thing. And she just she just brought me out of my shell, and she just embraced me. And my mom was so grateful for her because she pretty much uh, just took me in mm. like her own child and really paid attention to me. But yeah, those those the women in my life. Do you have like a a favorite scripture or worship song or something that you do on hard days because we all have hard days. Yeah. You know? yes, do you have yes. something that you cling to that gives you hope? On my hard days, I like to read. Uh, I like to read about three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. Mm. And I like to read that. And I, li- I like to read that one. And I like to read about uh, Joseph. And his mm. brother and his. And I like to read those because I, I like to read Joseph because it teaches me about for one, what the enemy meant for evil. God has taken it for good mm-hmm. and made it out of good and how his own brothers, uh, through him, sold him into slavery and how basically he was redeemed and he had the power to basically destroyed his brother but he didn't and he had a heart of forgiveness towards his brothers in the end and how basically out of that pit and 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 so I look at even in my pit situations Lord even when I feel like I'm at my lowest points in my life Lord you you're here with me Mm-hmm. You you redeemed me. You're you're you have me here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not down this low for a reason. I'm coming out of this, and I know I'm going to come out on top. Uh, I'm down here not by myself, not alone. I'm down here for a purpose. There is a purpose. I'm down in this pit, 
and and those that that feel that they have me here or, or I'm here because somebody has tried to destroy me, I'm not going to, going to try to retaliate because everything that's meant for evil, you always get the good out of it. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I I I love that story, and I love the three Hebrew boys because it, I love it because of the whole thing of of Nebuchadnezzar when he tried to get them to bow down and serve his God they refused and uh and that's how I am I'm like I'm not going to surrender to anybody mm-hmm. else I don't care how hot it gets I don't care how devastating it gets I don't care how trying it gets mm-hmm. I don't care how frustrating it gets I don't care how painful it gets I don't care how the furnace turns up I'm going to trust God in the process mm-hmm. and I'm knowing that in my fiery furnace moment, that in the midst of it all, that he's there with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look in there and see that you're going to see me praising because I'm going to be praising because Jesus is right there with me. And that's the mindset that I have. That And, 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 that, and I know sometimes that fire is going to be so hot that, 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 you can't stand it. Nobody else is going to be able to stand it. But I know I'm going to be able to stand it because Christ is right there with me. And that mm-hmm. fire is, is is designed for me. It's not designed for you. Yeah. And so if it's designed for me, he's going to be there right there with me. And so because even the, the uh, soldiers that went to, to test it or put it, put it up for them, they were destroyed by it. But right. it, it designed for them, it was designed for the three Hebrew boys. So I know if it's designed for me and it is for me. And so I can't get frustrated. I can't get angry because that's my fire. Which mm-hmm. means I gotta be fried by this fire. And he's gonna serve purpose with that purpose. He has a purpose for me. He's gonna be right there in that fire with me. So I'm right. gonna just chill out in that fire. And I know that sounds crazy to chill out in the fire, but I'm gonna chill out in the fire. And mm-hmm. so I'm trusting him in the process of that fire. And I'm not gonna bow down to anybody. I'm not gonna give in to anybody. I'm not gonna uh, freak out for nobody. I'm just gonna chill and wait on him until his will is clear to me. And if he don't save me, if this is the moment I am to perish, I'm still gonna, gonna praise him in the midst of it all because I'm doing what he's called me to do. And right. so that's the mindset that I have, and that's why I love those stories, and that's why I, I, I look at it that way because I've I've come to a point in my life where I'm going to trust him throughout. The Processes mm. of what I'm going through. So if it's a pit situation or if it's a fiery furnace situation, I'm going to trust God throughout the situation. I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to say, "Rescue me, Lord, out of this." I'm like, "Whatever Your will is for me," because He's shown me too many times. He's rescued me over and over again. He's been there for me, and I know what He what He can do. And right. if He chooses not to. You know, I'm not going to stress, but he's done it. He's done it. I've got testimony on top of testimony on top of testimony of what God can do. They're not made up stories. They're not stuff. Just a couple weeks ago, a barrel came at you 70 miles an hour. Right. They're not coincidences. No. Because I drive fast on the freeway. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, and so I have to be mindful of what God has done for me and how he comforts me. 
I mean, there. I mean, but I get people saying it was a check in the mail. I'd be like, these folks be lying. Ain't no check in the mail. It ain't been no big old check in the mail. But I've had checks in the mail that I was not expecting. I'm like, wait, hold up. Why did I get this check in the mail? Five hundred dollars. Well, Mrs. Masters, what we did is we decided to give your deductible back. You know, I'm not, I wasn't expecting my deductible back from an auto accident. That accident was five years ago, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've done things like that. Well, then why did I get this, uh, what was it? Ricky got one check for $1,900, and my check was for like $1,800 and something. I said, why did we get these checks for Prudential? Well, when we decided we were going to get life insurance one time when I was heavier, and then when we were going to get the life insurance when he was pastoring. And then so we paid the first premium. My premium was $72. His premium was like $30-something. Well, when they after they came out and did the exam on us, we were going to pay out of pocket. Well, all of a sudden, my premium was going to be a hundred and like almost $200 a month. His premium was going to be like $70-something a month. But we couldn't afford it at that time, so we said, cancel it. So what the nice old man did for us, and I didn't understand that stuff back then. What he did for us, he put our premium, which was about $100, a little bit of $100, into some kind of plan with Prudential instead of uh, just throwing our money away. And that plan, vested, that money vested or something like that. And oh, wow. over time, it turned into money. So we didn't know that it turned into money. And so it cashed out or something like that. We had absolutely, positively, negatively no money when i say no money no money i had surgery uh and he was pastor at the time and so the church was suffering so they couldn't pay him his salary they were only paying him 250 dollars a week at the mm -hmm. time and so my disability had just kicked in and so we were waiting on we were waiting on my disability to kick in and so all of this happened we were waiting on all of these things to happen and all of a sudden uh, we were moving to the parsonage, and so I'm checking the mail, and I'm throwing all my mail in the box, throwing stuff in the box, and finally one day, the Holy Spirit was like, open the mail this time. I open it up. The mail dropped down. It checks. So when I tell you, you got to trust God in the process of everything that's going on, you got to trust God in the process. And and that's exactly what happened. We trusted him in the process of it, and it was checked the mail. So that those are some of the the. the Bible story that I like in the Bible is the three Hebrew boys and the uh, and and Joseph the story of Joseph because mm. when you're in situations and when you're in the uh, fiery furnaces you you just got to trust God in the process you can't go by what the enemy tells you or what people tell you or what's going on around you at that moment in time you just got to trust God and that's how I am I trust I love that around me I got to trust Him so hey and if it's meant for me to perish I perish but I trust Him. I'm going out here trusting that he's been too good to me. He's been too good to me and my family. And he, he's never failed me. And I'm not looking for him to fail me. Yeah. And so that's why I am. That's exactly where I am. And then my song, um, my song is uh, uh, Marvin Sapp. This is not the time I played. And I love this song because when I saw it to my healing process, that was the song that was given to me. Mm. In '95, and I uh, I used to listen to uh, Marvin Sapp used to be with um, Commission, and they broke off in May's album, and that song ministered to me, ministered to me, and he goes, "It's not the time or the place you're giving up. It's not the place where you should be." And he says, "Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh, 
Uh, you listen to the words of it, and so I'll play that song. And every single time that song comes on the radio, I play it on my CD on uh, Pandora, and it has the same effect on me. This is not the time or the place. Uh, and so that that is my song of praise, my song of worship, and it, and it just reminds me mm-hmm. this is not it. So and it takes you, it takes me there every time because it reminds me it's not it. It's not time to give up. It's not time to pray. So you got to be mindful of that, and that's what I remember. It's not time to play. I love, I love that. It. I appreciate you taking this time to talk to yeah, us. Thank and you. if you could leave one thing. To the listeners, one person who's walking through their furnace right now, they're in their trauma, they're, they're in that crushing place, and it's a season, and they don't realize that it's just a season right now. What's the one thing that you could tell them? Just one thing. The one thing I would tell them is, I would tell them to trust God in the process. Trust Him through the process. Don't give up. Don't give up. Trust him. Don't give up. Trust him through this process. You got to trust him. You have to trust him through the process. I know it's not easy. I know it seems dark. I know it seems gloomy. But I promise you, if you trust him through this process, you're going to come out on the other side of pure gold. Mm. Um, he never promised us that it would be easy. Mm-hmm. He said in this life, you will have trials. He said, he, he told us that in his word. But he said he would be there for us as our comforter. He said he would keep us. And we got to keep our minds stayed on him. And he's, if we keep our minds stayed on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. But we have to be mindful of that. We have to keep all the distractions out of our way. And, 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 you, and by keeping the distractions out of our way is keeping your mind on him. And when you keep your mind on him, that's how you can trust him through the process. Mm-hmm. And you stay focused on him. Stay mm-hmm. focused on him. And like you just asked me about my my scriptures or my my songs of praise, find your scriptures, find your place. You know, um, uh, I think Marvin Sapp also had, had a song that said, "Find your place of worship." He, you know, it, it said uh, uh, he said, "Find your place of worship," and it's basically saying, "Find get your mind in a place where you can just be one on one with God, where you can mm-hmm. just meditate, shut it down, shut it down with everybody and everything," mm-hmm. because. The enemy likes, that's that's where he sets up camp in our mind. You know, the Bible says that I don't mind the devil grow shot. And that's all he can really do with us. He he really has no control over us. Mm-hmm. If he gets in our mind, that's that's where he becomes, we become his puppet. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he has like strings with us. And he has fun with our mind. We have to be mindful of that. And so we can just shut that down and just allow God to just give him back control of our mind. Because mm-hmm. it's not the devil would just have a field day and we can't allow God to to have his way with us. So that's how we're going to trust God with the process is by allowing him to take control of our hearts and our minds. But if we let the devil just, just have his way, it's going to be chaos. It's going to seem like it's continuing to be dark. We're not going to see the light of day. We're not going to even understand it. We're not going to be able to process anything. We're going to stay confused. We're going to be angry. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be bitter. We're going to think this will never end. Mm-hmm. And you can't allow the enemy to have that much power. Because you're giving him that power. Right. You do that. So trust God in the process. Trust mm. him. Trust him. Find your place of worship. Find it. Find it. You know, sit down somewhere and find it. Get all the noise out your head. Get all the confusion. People that's telling you things and mm-hmm. saying it won't get better. It's not going to get easier. 
get out of that way. Move out of that way. Move out of that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but trust him in the process. Trust him. And that's what that's what Joseph did. He trusted God in the process. And many he trusted his promise, he trusted his word. That's what the three Hebrew boys did. They trusted God in the process. They trusted that they, they, when they told Nebuchadnezzar stood up to him and said, even if he don't, they trusted him in the process. Mm-hmm. They went in anywhere in that fire. You know, they trusted in the process. When Joseph went in that pit, they knew they knew the process, he trusted. If if nothing came out of that, he knew what his father was going to do. He mm-hmm. trusted in the process. You know, he trusted. That's what he got to do. We're mm-hmm. basically, I have faith. Yeah. You know, and what is faith? You know, faith is something of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Right. So we got to trust God in the process. In the process. You know, basically have hope. Have and hope. That's what I, Don't, I, let that's hope mm. Don't let hope die. And if anything, I think even just... In- what you said as a 13-year-old girl, if all you can do is muster out the word Jesus, the name on yes. Jesus, and call yes. on him, if that's yes. all you can do in your moment, um, that's it. That's it. then that's I'm what you do. It. It's sometimes it's simple, it. just like that. Just like that. Man, so good. I sometimes. Sometimes, that's all I do. sometimes that's all I can do. Sometimes I get so flustered. Things happen. Sometimes things get you all like a storm, like you're in the middle of a tornado. I just say, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus, and then I just and I just walk away. Yeah, you know, might as well take a nap, but I'm cool now because yeah. I know he got in it. Because sometimes that's I think that's your reminder. That's who's in control. That's who's yeah. in control. Yeah, that's who's in control. You know, because we we sometimes forget. I think you know you you're not running anything. <laughs> you know, you don't have the power. So uh, hello, remember. And I do have to call his name. And I'm like, you know what? I almost got. I'm not running this. Hmm. He has it. He has it. So I can't. I just have to just go with the flow. Do what he's allowed me to do. And remember, he's in control of everything. Absolutely everything. And that's it. So that's good. It. Mm. And, that's, and that's what they do. Lavinia, thank you so much <laughs> for being so on the show. Thanks. I appreciate you, you staying up late, talking to me. Oh, no problem. No problem. Thank it was a beautiful, me. beautiful story. And I, I do. I love you. And I pray for your ministry. Yeah, you. I love it. Seeing what's happening. So. Yes. Thank you. We got, we got so many exciting things happening. I might as well tell you now, uh, because uh, you see you on Addison in Maine. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share the news now. April, because on April 23rd, I will be on an airplane heading to Washington, D.C., and uh, we are getting, well, I'm getting the, what do you call it, the special, the Office of Crime Victim Special Courage Award. No way! Oh my gosh! Should I wait till the 29th to air it so that it can be afterwards? It's, uh, we will celebrate you. Yes, yes. It's going to be on the twenty third. We, we the reception is the twenty third, and the awards on the twenty fourth. So we'll be in Washington D.C. Yes, ma'am. And so they want me to advertise it. They want to advertise it, but the reason why I'm telling it is because my the producer came down last month and she filmed me at Richmond speaking and all of that good stuff. And so she, she like told Richmond College and she told Dick County friends and family. So it's like, she put it out there. She's like, Lavinia, she's the reason why we're feeling is because Lavinia is doing getting that um, special courage award. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's so wonderful. Yeah. You got me crying. 
I think that's so beautiful. Yes, I was excited. I was excited about it. I was so honored uh, to be uh, a part of that inclusion. So it's a, a the office of it shows it shows other other people that when you are obedient to the Lord, yes. you have no yes. idea yes. how He's going to use your story to help, and you represent thousands of women, yes. not just your yes. story. And yes. that's so. Well, congratulations, yes. and that is so well yes. deserved. Yes, yes, yes. The Office of Victims of Crime has uh, it's the service award ceremony, and I'm getting the special. I'm getting the uh, special courage awards. What I'm getting, and it's going to be on April 24th. That's awesome. Well, this is uh, scheduled for that Wednesday to come out, actually, which is, yeah. we didn't even know this. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, yeah, this is scheduled to come out on April 22nd, and I could always switch it to the 29th um, yeah. if you want me to, but uh, it is a, um, I just wanted to honor you in April because I know that that is uh, Sexual so Abuse funny. Awareness yeah. Month. And what's funny, I mean, it's not funny, but what's coincidental is that that's also Distracted Driving Awareness Month is April. Really? Wow. Yes. Yeah. And it's a passionate month for me because I can't prevent, I don't know how to prevent or help people prevent what happened to me in my situation. You know, there are things that happen. I can tell people to pray before they drive, to not only pray about the people going before you, but also pray that you will not cause harm to anyone else. You know, um, I can tell people to, uh, you know, be aware, never let your guard down, you know, um, but I feel like if I can, if we can save the distracted drivers, then we, how many lives we can save. And so that's a special month for me too, because I don't want anyone I don't have I don't want anyone to carry the burden I carry. Right. If right, I could prevent right. it. Right, right, right. So anyway. Right. Well that's right. so exciting. Thank you for sharing that. And um I will be looking well it'll be we'll blink and it'll be April. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Yes. Well, I appreciate you and I I can't wait for the hope that you share and I love that, you know, hope saves and what it stands for and work that you're doing and um, I know that it's going to encourage the listeners and their trauma to uh, have courage. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the Ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.